I will try and repeat the question so that anyone who's listening can, can hear it better. And, um, and if, you, if you'd rather your question isn't recorded, then just let us know and we'll, we'll press pause. Um, so, anyone, please? Yeah, is that Tom? Before I repeat it, so often it's contracted, and especially the images are what contracted or, or what? It's a sense of um, understand that um, there are times working with the energy body when it's you know relatively spacious relatively and and very nice comfortable and pleasant and really yummy yeah and there are other times especially when an image comes that the attention contracts uh, towards or around the image and with that the energy body contracts as well yeah yeah um, <clears throat> This is partly why Catherine was doing the, the two-ness exercise and what we did on the first day. It's like, can I have that and this? You know, and um, it, it, it takes, you know, we, we need to develop that, you know, that ability to have both. Um, so, I, I would guess, part, it, you know, a lot of this stuff uh, is supported by... Um, not just one thing, many different things, yeah. And so one of them, one of them is just the more you hang out in that energy body space, um, and the more you take that with you. So here's, um, you know, split life into formal meditation and the rest of life. That that's a mistake for for a start. So sit, and and that's maybe where in the sitting or the walking or the standing is maybe where you get your first taste of this nice energy body thing. When you end the meditation, take that with you. So, in, in other words, end it slowly and see if you can get up off the cushion, and, or where, where, whatever it is, and walk away with that energy body feeling. Standing in the lunch queue, can I just get it back? You know, walking meditation in the energy body is really helpful, obviously, because it's, it's, you know, it's mobile, and that's more like life. Um, so the more you can kind of get a taste, what the energy body becomes is just, it's, it becomes eventually just the default hangout. Is, is this kind of, this is nice, you know, and, and we want to be here, and, and it feels good, and there's little micro-adjustments and things, but, so the more you do it, and the more you spread that doing into different activities, that, that will help, yeah, that's one thing. Um, and then, and then you can begin doing more of the thing Catherine introduced, I think it was on the first day or second day, this, this kind of doing it in relationship. Now, it's hard with a human other. Gen- gen- most people find it hard with a human other is a whole other world. 
and they're looking at you and maybe they're judging you and maybe who knows what, you know. So it's probably easier with something like a tree or something. Yeah, does it make sense? So you, you, you practice extending it like, like that. Um, and, uh, and then also with images. It might work the other way around, though, in the sense that... Uh, when an image becomes alive as an image, in other words, not just a mental picture and not just a fixation, when it kind of comes alive in that imaginal way, then you might find that your energy body is actually quite expanded. So it's not just the fact of an object and the, and the mind doing that. It's actually the nature of the object and the relationship with it. D- does that make sense? So I would, I would wonder whether actually it's not a, quite a uniform experience that you're having. There's, there's differences with when there's a different relationship with the image, there will also be that. So look out for that as well. How does this sound? Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, and um, you know, it's not that you need to try and do something with the energy body with the image. First of all, it might not it might not be really a soul image. It might just be a you know whatever. So that's fine, okay. Um, or or it might be just as you hang out more with a certain image, it it kind of becomes more infused with the imaginal, and that changes the energy body relationship with it. So as I think it was yesterday in the group saying everything. Everything that's involved in in the imaginal or in a soul-making dynamic kind of feeds everything else. It's connected with everything else. So where you see the problem, like feel, oh, my energy body's contracted, is not always the place where you need to go and try and fix it. You can kind of give attention to other other aspects of the whole constellation, and that will that will just naturally fix itself. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can you can work with that. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Today the practice was to open to the current of desire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would like to know your thoughts when there is lack of desire, when there is depression, for example, lack of vitality. If you think it is there is the lack of an image that can ignite heroes, that can draw heroes, like a flame that is not fueled or if it is rather the case that Eros is always, always alive, but part of it has taken, led by an idea or an image, has turned against itself and is counteracting. A part of this current of desire is against itself and, and, and blocking somehow. I don't know if, if you have any thoughts on this and, and how to work with that lack of desire. Yeah. Um, the lack of desire or the... Or, yeah, lack yeah, of Yeah, the lack of... Okay. So, um... You made that noise again, did you? Did I make <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to agree with Ramiro about the... Um, if you look at it in terms of life force, certainly if a our life forces kind of got to be encapsulated with an inner critic, for example, that's a lot of life force in there. It's not necessarily eros, but it's a lot of life force to hold us down. So I was just agreeing with that point. So let me see if I can summarise, if I understood. So I'm a little tired today. So, um, 
so, uh, what can what happens when there's a kind of depression really you know is it that there's a lack of desire or is it that there's somehow the desire has got uh, kind of stuck or worked back on itself in a way that's stifling and, and closing down something or something like what Catherine just said yeah um, I don't know I'm interested to me it's a really interesting question um, I certainly think and just relating to what Catherine said so let's take something like the inner critic um, imagination is involved in the inner critic it's got this voice or this character or whatever what the inner critic is not is imaginal generally speaking so in our um, w- what's happened there is something's got reified Actually, more than one thing has got reified. The inner critic has got reified, and I've got reified. So if we go back to this self-other-world business, both self and other are both reified, they're concretized. I I really believe what the inner critic is saying about me. So even if I don't believe the inner critic's a real person or thing or character, I believe what they say, that kind of object, is saying something real about a real object, a real subject me. Yeah. So the problem is in the reification. Um, there's a lot to your question, but but what happens when there's a reification is it's like the the push of the eros. This eros wants to push. It wants to expand. It wants to penetrate. It wants to open. It wants more. It's this pothos with the eros. So it has this dynamic quality. When it meets some kind of block, and there can be all kinds of blocks, but one kind of block is reification, concretization. That push meets the block. Something's going to happen. Okay, Either the push of the eros, the life force, is strong enough to break the block. And then it can go through that reification block into the realm of the imaginal. <coughs> and, 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 and the imaginal has, has the capacity to expand deeper, get richer, feed back on the eros, make the whole thing really fertile. Yeah, if the block is stronger than the eros, or just really entrenched, then then something can happen. The, the eros cannot move into depth, cannot move into dimensionality, into the imaginal. It has to do something, and uh, yet could get tied up in a negativity. Could just have to go horizontally. All, all kinds of things. Um, so there's that possibility, and I guess it could happen in in many ways. There might also be, and you also mentioned, you know, what 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 can happen is. Um, I sometimes wonder, I think, I, I don't, I'm certainly not an expert on depression, but I wonder whether depression is actually, like so many things, many different kinds. And one kind of depression is actually the absence of fantasy. The absence of anything, uh, any kind of image, specifically around the self, or around one's activity in life, um, or expression, that... Um, is not alive as an image, is not permitted, or hasn't <coughs> found its way. And then um, there's nothing to kind of, the waters of Eros, or the fire of Eros, to flow into and, and galvanize and give life to, which then feeds back into the whole libidinal energy in the whole life. So yeah, sometimes I think depression is an absence of image. Or it's an image that's a fixation, to borrow, borrow Catherine's word from this morning, and, and there's a stuckness. Does it make sense? So there, there's all kinds of possibilities. To me, it's just really interesting. Like, what if if I go back to basic principles and say, let's just make a make a postulate left to itself, not not interfered with. The soul loves soul making, and that's what it will do. 
and it will involve the whole being in that process. This whole eros psyche logos, every facet of my being, every dimension, even facets of my being that haven't even occurred to me yet. They are to be born, to be created, to be discovered. And yet there's many ways we, we can block that. And, and so it's interesting to me, how does it get blocked? Does it get blocked in terms of ideas, beliefs, assumptions? Um, does it get blocked because, um, similar to what Catherine was talking about with the passionate love, somehow that's not allowed, that, that current of desire? Um, in, in other words, it's an energetic thing. Does it get blocked because um, we're repressing certain images, because we think they might mean that we're weird or, or whatever? You know, countless ways that the whole movement of soul making from different directions can be blocked and when it's blocked something will feel problematic in different ways and then you have to see you know it manifests like this or like that or, or whatever is this answering it yeah it's okay yeah I love that doing you're opening up the awareness very wide yeah oh okay it sort of seems to go with opening <coughs> energy body i mean if 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 i am to be open to or receptive to images rather than me yeah choosing one yeah i have to be yeah i can be flooded by yeah um I don't think there's a danger of it, to, to be honest. Um, I think... Oh, yes, thank you. Um, so, uh, the, the question is, um, if if I'm open, if I open the awareness and be really wide and receptive, is there a danger I'll be flooded by images, and particularly the painful images of the world of... Yeah, it's not my personal. Yeah, yeah. The images of, of world pain that are there, horrific, you know, brutality and things like that. And... Um, are we not making ourselves more vulnerable to being flooded by that? Is there a danger? So. Well, and, and, and if so, if that is part of it, is there a way of... It feels like a lot to manage. Yeah, yeah. And if that's part of it, how do you manage it? Is that, yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't... Without numbing, yeah, sure. I don't think that kind of flooding is an issue. I think flooding happens um, when there's repression. Um, in, in other words, go back to this pressure cooker image. The thing you're describing is opening the awareness really wide. And, and that, almost by definition, is, is an easing of the pressure. There's more space, and so less pressure. If you go back, Jung uh, had this period, I think it was in the around 1913 or something. And he is kind of like going into a psychosis. And, and he wrote this red book, and it's all like this really florid imagery, and, you know, and, and, and he viewed it like going into a psychosis. I, I find that 
I wonder how much that was a product of the time, where the whole thing was the unconscious, and and uh, this is not quite what you're saying, but um, that that there was there was almost that fear of that. And it's before the first world war. And heaven knows what was brewing and the kind of general repression that was around. We live in a different time now. That um, I don't think there's that same kind of pressure of of that of that flooding on for most people. Um, if you're really open like that, actually the tendency would be a little bit of kind of liquidity, so more images can come. If you're really open, it will actually quieten the imagery. Um, it goes to more the direction of non-fabrication. Um, so rather than flooding, I mean, it might be that um, dark images, painful images, torture, torturous images arise. A- absolutely. Um, I think... <laughs> The imaginal is, a, is, is kind of a certain set of ways of relating. So I can turn on the news and be flooded with, you know, really difficult imagery <coughs> these days, you know. And um, that's a re- reality, let's say. I don't take it imaginally. I still have to navigate that in my heart and my soul. And how's, how am I going to work with this and with my sensitivity and the way I'm impacted, and the pain in the world, and try and respond to that, and take care of it, and balance my compassion. So all that's, you know, got to do with compassion practice. It's really, really important. Yeah. When we're talking about the imaginal realm, we're talking about, a, to some extent, a different kind of relationship with that imagery. So already people are starting to report some. And this is very common with imaginal practice: an image that the mind at first goes, "Oh, that's horrific." That's violent, or that's dark, or that's weird, or whatever. And in the in the realm of imaginal practice, it's like just stay with that. Can I just have a little bit of trust in that image? It's 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 not a flat, reified image of something that's going on in the world. It's it's um, well, it's imaginal. That what what looks dark and disturbing is is got its own kind of beauty and its own kind of reason. If I can stay with it and trust it, it opens up in a different way. So um, it's almost like um, mixing camps a little bit in your question. Does that make sense? So what's the real pain in the world and what's kind of more imaginal things that come up? So they're different. Is this making sense? No. Yeah, yes. I mean, the imaginal <coughs> feels different somehow. Um, yeah. It feel like it would be the same. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe what you said about a different practice is needed. Yeah. So I think numbing is numbing. If, if I'm yeah. numbing memories, history, then I don't think I can necessarily just switch that off when I decide to do magic. No, absolutely. So this, like I said at some point, what we're doing here is asking a lot. Mm-hmm. It's It's kind of... Um, saying, you know, to do this kind of practice that we're talking about requires that we have a skill with our emotions, which means knowing when we're numbing, taking care of it, learning how to um, soften the heart, open it, take care of it, balance it, be sensitive. It's, It's a lot. Already that's a lot. In relationship to our personal history, in relationship to present relationships, in relationship to the world, pain, you know. So all that's kind of... We're not talking that much about that on this retreat, partly because we're just kind of saying, um, let's let's build on that as as if it's already there. But we know, you know, if this is difficult stuff. So, um, 
So I'm not sure what else to say about that piece right now. Um, w- w- I mean, I could... Yeah, could we, could we... We could talk about it another time, perhaps, if that's, if that's okay. Yeah. But it's a really, really important question. So I was asking, um, picking up on Catherine's talk last night and the instructions this morning, with opening to desire, um, and the desire was to just to see people happy and, and flourish, and, and yeah, and um, and then what happened seemed to be neither just opening to the energy and having that that manifest, nor something imaginal, um, but it was more like an opening to a realm of happiness, is it a realm of? Yeah. Oh, okay. So my question is, why why is that not imaginal? It's it's a, it's a, an an imaginal realm, an imaginal world of, of that. Yeah. Oh. I suppose I was just checking in the practice instructions. Like, yeah. Do I just hang out and enjoy that world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Yes, absolutely. So there's a couple of things there. It's it's an imaginal realm, an imaginal world. Yes, linger there, enjoy it. You know, you want to um, when when an image opens up, it's asking us for sensitivity. It's asking us to resonate with it. It's asking us to be with it and in it and and relate to it. It might be that then it unfolds some other. You know, it might be that it feeds back on this world and the way you see this world, you, you know, so to speak. Um, that would be one of the ways that it could kind of uh, infuse or mix with the perception of this world, you know. Um, and then that would that would be an interesting thing. But, but there's all kinds of possibilities. But basically, it sounds like that's what's, what's opening there. Yeah. And so in terms of the instructions, you know, I think I said this morning, it can, once you open to that, it could 
go into an image, which sounds like what you're describing, or it could just stay with the energy free of image, and, and you just have that. And, you know, they're fine choice. What you get, every, almost like every, I don't want to over, overstate this, but it's like, all practice, so we could be talking about emptiness practice, we could be talking about samadhi practice, we could be talking about imaginal practice or working with desire. It's like every, not very long, it, the road forks. And, and, um, and, and you can kind of just, you, you learn, well, you know, I'm going to go that way or that way, or it just happens one way. So for example, someone wrote a note today, yeah, I'm daydreaming, it was actually a sexual fantasy, and and then and then what I find is I'm, I'm staying with a sexual fantasy and then and then somehow I'm in in a jhana. <laughs> and this is not at all uncommon, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. There's a lot of reasons for for that. Um, actually, let's just let's just dwell on this a little bit. Some has to do with the energy. So sexual energy is quite it's potentially quite similar to PT. You know this word PT mm-hmm. rapture. What happens with most sexual fantasies is we get, we fixate, to borrow Catherine's word again, we fixate on the image, and we're not that connected with the body. Maybe a certain area in the body, but we're not opening to the energy body and letting the sexual energy spread. If I do that, okay, here's a daydream, there's a sexual fantasy, okay, fine. And, and, and I let the energy spread, the enjoyment of sexual energy, and then, and then I, just, I just open to that, open to that sexual energy, it will move towards a nice energy body and samadhi. So that's one possibility. When you're working with images, any time an image, uh, we've said, comes alive imaginally, that will be reflected, manifest, echoed in, in the energy body in some kind of harmonization or opening or something that feels good. Um, that's your indicator. It's one of the indicators that you're on the right track with an image. Even if your mind's going, this is so weird. Um, or this is really dark, or, or this is kind of you know violent, or, or this or that. The energy body is is a, is a is a good uh, indicator you're on the right track. So it, that's happening with the with any image, whether it's sexual or not sexual, and and at any time you can peel off if you want into just resting with the energy body and letting the image go if you want. Or you can play with the image with the energy body and, and have that the two of them together. Do you, do you understand? Um, so, but the general principle is more like that. These forks keep keep happening in, in practice. That you you can kind of you learn to look out for these different things, and then you can you can just learn to navigate a little bit. Is making sense? This side is nodding, and that side is just looking at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot, a lot about as we go deeper, a lot of it's about the sort of, for me, a lot of it's about the, the, the sensitivity and the responsiveness and the delicacy of navigating, like, um, which I've never done, but hand gliding or something like that. You know, there's, I, I imagine, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you're just like hurled by the wind, I'm not sure, but in my imagination, you, you, you know, you can kind of ride these currents very delicately, and you pick up on what's there. And some of it's extremely subtle. You, you pick up on this possibility, and then you can just incline that way. And sometimes, um, it more feels like, like I said, the soul has its own intelligence, and it's, it's pouring you, or offering, offering the unfolding in a certain way, you know.
Actually, should we just let someone yeah. who hasn't asked yet? Yeah, what's your name? Is it you, Dave? David. David, yeah. yeah. question, how do I get rid of it? Is that <laughs> <laughs> instructions of uh, asking what the deeper wanting is here and what came was a whole series of answers that seemed to be at different levels one of which or the deepest was a perfection or, or it feels like it could keep going you could keep going yeah okay well one of the answers was per- was to do with perfectionism and so followed that and it became quite intense what became intense the desire yeah i could feel and the opening and kind of like i could feel like there's opening uh, okay yeah um, so there was a lot of opening, and then, but then the pain came back, and, and yeah, okay. So um, I, don't, I don't know the answer. Um, I I would be interested uh, in a, in a couple of things. I, I mean, the most common or obvious answer would be if there's pain, what do I want? Well, I want ease or well-being or, or, or something like that. Was that one of the answers there? Yeah, and then I kind of disregarded it because I'm like, oh. of course I'm Yeah, oh, oh, okay, okay. But, but we can say ease, the meaning of the word ease or well-being is the absence of this pain in my shoulder, or, or it has a more general term. It's like ease. If I say, like if, if you just, ease, well-being, you, you know, there's, a, there's something quite general there, right? 
What does it mean? It's a it's a it's a big a big word, ease and well being. Do, do you see what I mean? So it, maybe you disregarded that too quickly, and and there could be something in, in at that level that's really worth going into. Um, uh, it maybe also the perfectionism thing, because again we tend to think, oh, perfection. Uh, you shouldn't be perfectionistic. Uh, I don't mind saying that I'm a perfectionist, um, but I, I, you know, it's like so many of these things. It's like they have a shadow side and a beautiful side. So it's, there's something to me, yeah, definitely problematic or difficult about being a perfectionist. There's something really beautiful in it. It doesn't get a lot of um, esteem, especially in 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 certain worlds, like where people talk about acceptance a lot, you know, it's like the opposite. is. So maybe there's something beautiful in perfectionism. It may be that perfectionism constellates as an image, you know, so what's the image of, you know, there's something beautiful in that image and you can you could follow that. Um, but you could try the well-being, the, you know, um, I'd say one more thing. Uh, <coughs> You'll have to see how this lands with you, but to me, um, there's something more interesting about the whole principle here of this, um, uh, what's happening in this desire practice that we introduced this morning, that's more worth it than the absence of this shoulder pain. Do you understand? So, there's something, now you're dealing with that, but there's, there's a principle here that's like, wow, what's going on, and how is this working, and what does it imply for my understanding, my relationship with life, and so it might be that getting as interested in that, rather than just trying to get rid of this, um, understanding as that is, and you know, it can be difficult, um, it, it, it might be also kind of fruitful, does that make sense? Um, And, and you know, la- last thing is, um, everything is a dependent arising. Everything's dependent on conditions. So you could have may- maybe what you did worked, so to speak, from the point of view, of, you know, dissolving this. But then there's other conditions feeding back in, which just consolidate again. Which is, I'm sitting a lot in in certain posture without moving, and I don't usually do that every day. And so there's, those conditions are just feeding into reconstellating. Yeah, and there's there's many things, but does that give you? A little bit, to, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more about the uh, following the current of desire practice, uh, <coughs> doing it, and uh, it's kind of working as you as you describe. But and after after the kind of uh, basking in the sense of, of already having what I desired. Then it kind of dies down and dissipates, and it's nice. But there's not a lot of eros, eros coming, coming up, or kind of it's not feeding that dynamic. Yeah, thank you. So, if I understand Sampo's question, um, again, playing with the practice that we introduced this morning, opening to the current desire, and it, quote, works, which is a terrible... (laughs) 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 Um, But but there's an opening, there's there's the... Shift of consciousness and, and, and felt sense and well-being, and then that's nice, and you kind of bask in that for a while, and then it dies down, and then there doesn't seem to be much eros. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
I would I would more prefer to connect the word eros with the imaginal. Okay, so it's like it it comes and goes. It's not that it's sort of there all, all the time or whatever. So where there's an image reconciliates, then the eros w- w- will come back in relation with the image. So it's not something to worry about or some state that we're trying to sustain or, or, or something like that. Yeah. So what what you've done in the opening to the current of desire practice is if you've done it the sort of classical way, then um, you've let go of images. So if you like, there's a, there's, um, you could say maybe there's this fullness of libidinal energy which kind of transforms into something that's not eros and not imaginal. So that you, then you're in that state. So it's totally understandable and not, not a problem. Does that make sense? Um, how does that land? Yeah, it's just... I'm wondering how to keep the of eros. Oh, well, um, it's, you know, eros is connected with image and fantasy. Um, or there's craving, and then I can transform that into, into eros, yeah. So you don't have to worry about, like, all the time there needs to be this eros or whatever. You understand? Well, well I'm worried about it not being there all the time. <laughs> okay, well, um, I, no, knowing you as much as I do, I don't think you have a problem with, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the Eros thing. Um, you know, and like everything, there's waves, and certain conditions f- feed it. So, um, I'll say two things. Um, again, it's like, if you get back into the imaginal, so it's a matter of like loosening again, perhaps loosening the, the energy body or some emptiness practice or something, liquefying the psyche, if you like, and images will be reborn. Or some problem comes or whatever, yeah. Um, so that, that will reconstellate the whole I- imaginal thing and, and with that eros, yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. Um, but also we can we can look for eros eros is present where we love where something is meaningful to us so don't have to look always for an intrapsychic image you know you could look around you on this retreat and and the meaningfulness it has to you or the appreciation or whatever or the love or the dedication and there will be eros is connected with with all that in here in the environment in in the world you, you understand so you can then you can pick up on that third thing and I've, I think I said this already, is eros can be extremely subtle. So it might be that one of the, rather than say, I want more eros, what, what, what needs to happen is, and then, and then we worry that oh, it's something I don't have or you know, whatever. Um, it might be that w- it's asking for a little more sensitivity in noticing the, the much more subtle uh, manifestations of eros. So eros can be like raging, you know, or really, really subtle. And it might be that that's quite an interesting exploration. Does it? Yeah. So uh, to me, a lot of pra- if we say it's about I don't know that there's an order. Well, a lot of practice is about opening, you know, and opening and, and being able to handle more than we thought we could. And whether we talk about what Linda's question in terms of just the world and compassion and that kind of sensitivity, or our own emotions or energies or whatever, a lot of practice is doing that work. It's it's kind of expanding our capacity and our skills and our ability to, to handle a lot, for, for a lot to move through us and to, and to touch us deeply in a way that's really okay, you know. But there's also like a whole 
evolution of practice, partly evolution of practice, things getting a lot more subtle, less fireworks, and it, it might be, you know, that's asking for more sensitivity and more kind of picking up on the subtleties, and we, we often learn a lot there, rather than the kind of more um, wow experiences. So, so it might be that that's part of it as well. Okay, thank you. Let's have a bit of quiet then. <clears throat> thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.